morning and happy Independence Day to you on Tuesday. Could we turn that echo down? Down? Thank you, Benjamin. Hey, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord, especially because the house of the Lord has air conditioning during this heat wave. So that's good. And uh, I want to let everybody know if anybody has any heat related issues, um, do, you know, whatever, just come to me and let's have a conversation. The, the body of Christ is, is here to surround everybody and to help out where we can. And if you are new, welcome. We're stoked that you're here, including Brad. And uh, if you could, Brad, fill out a connection card so I can stock you appropriately. Or we can go ahead and email everybody uh, to keep everybody up to date on the latest and greatest that's happening um, here at Fresno First. And with that, let's go to the Lord as God's people love. Yeah, that was in harmony. Heavenly Father, full of grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord. We come to you by faith in our Savior that came for freedom's sake to set us free through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are our Creator. You are eternal. And You alone are holy. May we seek Your holiness and reflect Your love that's made perfect. Thank You for making us on purpose and for purpose. And thank You for Your church and the ministry and mission in which You have established. Lord, we ask You to help us navigate in revealing Your light into our community and lift up those suffering among us during this heat wave to your care and your compassion cover us with cool waters lord and and gentle breezes to refresh our souls lord we ask your forgiveness when when our faith becomes antiseptic and sometimes we're too worried about protecting ourselves at the cost of not loving others and and help us to forgive those that refuse or reject our love Please tend to those that are suffering in our midst and in our community, within our community and in our community that need healing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Lord, we, we lift up our leaders globally, nationally, and locally, and we come before you and with our praises and our prayers. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And if you are able, would you please stand as we, as we worship in song? 1 John 4, 4 states, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Greater is the one who's in us. Greater is the one who calls our name, he will never fail. The stronger is the one within us, stronger is the one who fights for us, he will never fail, you will never fail. Mighty is 
for us. Mighty is the one who's strong to save. He will make a way. You will make a way for your love in Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. And God's word shares that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, it's Independence Day on Tuesday, and we have a national anthem. And as Americans, I support that. More importantly, as a follower of Christ, we also have an anthem. And that anthem is Christ. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the one that went before us. He is the one in which salvation proclaims victory. And it is Him we give our praise. For he is the one in which true freedom reigns. Many new cats. 
You know, we got a <coughs> pardon me. We got a pretty exciting day today, and uh, we got some celebrating to do. So, who's up for a celebration? All right, that's everybody. Okay, who wants to be a party pooper? Okay, that means everybody wants to party. Very good. Can we have Milo and Benjamin and Claudia please come forward? You guys can stand right here. 
All right. No, you can face every, everybody because we want to corporately and publicly humiliate you. <laughs> All right. So can, clearly you want to stand there. Benjamin, you're in the middle. All right. Hey, Milo, can you just get a little closer. Benjamin doesn't have anything that... It's okay. There's shots for that. <laughs> the, uh, can everybody say, hello, friends? Hello, friends. And you all say, hello, family. All right. Very good. All right. So these three, actually, this one has already gone ahead and promoted into the next season of life. So Benjamin, you're going to be going into eighth grade. Fantastic. Milo, you're going into? And Claudia, you're going into? Seventh. Seventh. All right. Well, we, all of us, decided to go ahead and do something for you guys. Benjamin did not get a present last year in recognition of promotion. So, Benjamin, from your Fresno First family, here is a Bible for you as you journey on life. And there's something written in there from all of us. And Claudia, here you go. Here is a Bible for you. May God's word be written on your heart, guide you, and keep you. And Milo, this is for you. To memorize, to live by, to honor, cherish, and obey. All right. Very good. And so with that, we want to pray, because so can everybody kind of extend a hand out? And we want to pray over these three. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are with us always. Jesus, you are the anthem of our heart. And we ask that your grace and mercy, your blessing and anointing beyond these, beyond these three. Lord, as they... Although Benjamin's entered into the season, you've been with them. We ask for a, a double anointing as all three enter into this new season of life, Lord. As they go into high school and, and or middle school and everything that it encounters there and then into high school and then, and then on. Lord, these are tough times. These are turbulent times. We ask for your peace. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your spirit to guide, to give gentleness to protect them, protect their souls, Lord, and their hearts, protect their minds and their spirits. Allow them to draw near to you during this time and to be an influence and a light of every step they take upon their campus and in their homes. Let them reveal more and more of who you are through them, Lord, as they surrender more and more and grow in their faith. Please put a blessing upon Claudia, upon Benjamin and Milo, and we ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Way to go, guys. And would you all please stand as we continue to worship in song. You know, Luke 2.14 shares that the glory of God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. And as we sing the doxology, may it be written upon our hearts. May it give us strength and security. And may it give us hope as we 
turn all of our life and all that we do into the praise of the one who's praiseworthy. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Jordan, would you please come up here and pray for the offering?
Good morning, everyone. Let's pray for our offering, for our tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would move in our hearts and, and minds as we give back to you a portion of what you've given to us and you've blessed. And I pray that you would bless this offering over our church and our church family, that we would use it for your will and your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. the peace so everybody go ahead and stand up and let's go ahead and celebrate and say way to go to our to Benjamin to Claudia and to Milo way to go Benjamin way to go Milo way to go Yeah. 
couple of um, Fresno first happenings that are going on. Uh, at the end, or at the, yeah, the last service of the month, so at family worship, like last month, what we do is we reset that board in the outside into the lobby. And so what we're doing, because we haven't made an official announcement on it, is it's the fruit of the Spirit. So every month we're trying to encourage each other with words, creativity, to honor God's Word. And so if you look, it's, we're just going through the fruit of the Spirit for nine months, and then after that we're going to have a sermon series based on our encouragement to each other. And so there's a new board out there. Go ahead and use the post-it notes liberally and creatively and have fun with that. Uh, Grow Group. Grow Group is coming up. It's going to be August, I believe, 3rd. The books are for sale. We asked for uh, 10 bucks. If you don't have that, just take a book. That's more important. We're more concerned about growing together and uh, as God's people than going ahead and worrying about the money. Uh, the Nazarene Foundation will be here. And so Reverend John uh, Twitchell will be here, and he's the vice president of the Nazarene Foundation. He has a bunch of information. He's going to be sharing a message. And then afterwards, we're gonna, he's going to have um, time to spend with any of us share a little bit more about the Nazarene Foundation. But if you have wills, trust, Shelly and I are going to be um, looking into that because they have a lot of great resources for uh, living wills, uh, estates, planning, finances, everything. So that's something that affects everyone. I encourage everybody to go ahead and take advantage of that because it's through the Church of the Nazarene and it's a great resource for us all. Uh, and then also now we have a thing called the Connect Crew. All right, who who wants to be part of the Connect Crew? Yes! All right, Linda, great. So that's two. The Connect Crew, it is one of the most vital jobs that we have here at Fresno First. And what it is is we're looking for about five to ten people to sign up for the Connect Crew. And then anybody who doesn't make it on Sunday... We just connect with them, give them a phone call if they're on vacation, if they're sick, whatever is going on. Sometimes we don't feel good or we get the flu and we're just not here. We can't make it. And this helps us stay connected. And so this is going to be vital. If we have somebody that visit, we can go ahead and call them as well. So it doesn't just fall on one person's shoulders. We carry this as the body of Christ because our mission is to connect to grow and to serve. So in this, the Connect Crew is a vital part of our DNA here at Fresno First Church. And then with that, Heather is going to come on up and share a little bit about Vacation Bible School, which is happening soon. All right, we're getting ready for Vacation Bible School. And uh, if you don't know, this is Rose, and Rose has come many, many times to Vacation Bible School. And uh, we're just getting ready. We're looking for some donations so that we have money for games and crafts and prizes and snacks for the kids. Uh, we don't do a lot of uh, hard prep beforehand, but I do need volunteers to come and just love on the kids. I have a job for everyone. So if you are someone that needs to just sit um, you can help with Bible verses, or you can help with check-in, or if you're a person that likes to be active, you can help with the outdoor activity. If you're a person that doesn't, isn't able to make it at that time, and you want to uh, volunteer to make some Rice Krispie treats or something like that, um, we have room for everyone. If you're only able to make it one night to volunteer, 
we would love to have you. If you don't want to volunteer at all and you just want to come be around and, and be around the excitement, we would love to have you as well. Um, we're servicing kids age three through sixth grade. I'm asking that all of my kids that are going into seventh grade would come and volunteer as helpers. And I guarantee you, you will have as much fun as the kids that are participating. Um, if you have any questions, you can touch base with Pastor or with myself. And um, as soon as you can uh, donate, that would be great because that helps us plan. If you have children that you're planning on reaching out to and inviting, if you could just let us know so that I have a head count to plan um, materials and things like that. We're really excited. It's a good time just to show um, our kids that come all the time and the ones that maybe are in the neighborhood or our friends or family, that we just love them and show um, Christ's love to them through us. Great way for us to reach out into our community as well. And if you have your Bibles or apps, we're going to be landing in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and this turned into a two-part series. Uh, in your Pew Bible, uh, it's on page 750. See, our mission here, and I mentioned it at Fresno First Church, is to connect, grow, and serve. And uh, over the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking into what does it mean to be a connecting church, to be a growing church, to be a serving church, and this morning we're beginning that and we're going to continue it into next week on really honing and focusing on connection as we look at what it means to be an incarnational church. It seems like this summer especially, I, I attribute it to all the weather we got, uh, allergies are pretty fierce this year. And I know that I normally don't get allergies, but I've been getting them a lot lately. It seems like there's new weeds that are popping up and new allergies that haven't been been around in, in previous years. Also, there seems to be this like summer cold flu and stomach bug that's really just taking a devastating toll on everybody. And I think everybody's been hit at least or affected in some capacity, whether at home or work or school or church. And it began to make me think about how we interact as a society. You know, when I was growing up, we were taught to wash our hands. We we watch what we touch. We don't track uh, mud in with our shoes. We, you, you were never allowed to double dip when you're eating chips. And uh, we have this culture that, that over the years I have watched that, that we began to, to use gloves when we clean. We, we use antibacterial soap. We pack hand sanitizer. And now we have hand sanitizer and these cool, fragrant flavors and smells and color. I guess flavor. You don't want to drink hand sanitizer. Forget that. But you get the gist of it. Uh, we watch our step. We don't want to go ahead and get our shoes dirty. We, we watch out for loud noises, and so we wear hearing protection. Uh, we wear masks to protect our airways from, from dust and germs and allergens. And we wear goggles to protect our eyes. We wear helmets to protect our brains. And, and we wash our hands bef now before and after we touch things. We use tissues to blow our nose as opposed to the old days of using reusing a hanky or your shirt sleeve or an Alabama style. And, and over the years, we begin to progress into the sterile society that, that is conquering contamination. 
And aside from shaking hands, we very rarely have any skin-on-skin contact, maybe a fist bump here or there, and because we've insulated ourselves not only from everybody around us, but also our environment. And that just leads to confusion on where even hugs fit into the mix on this. And so after COVID, I got, I'm, I'm a hugger, and after COVID, I don't know who I'm allowed to or not, and I don't want to be offensive and make people uncomfortable. So if you hug, just let me know, just... H for hug is okay. Uh, and it just seems our culture is more and more, we're, we're driven in uh, technology and we're becoming more hands-off in our approach to living, uh, living and it's influenced us all. And this mentality of this being from a distant, from being clean, from being sanitized has, has crept into our, so, our spiritual life and interacting not only with how we view God and and how we interact as his body, but how we interact in our communities. We've begun to insulate ourselves with spiritual precautions as not to be exposed by the world. Instead of those masks that we were wearing during COVID, we like to use church, church insider language, which isn't bad. Every, every culture, every organization has insider language. That's appropriate. That's good. That, that's needed. But if that is the only form of communication that we know, only form of communication that we feel is appropriate to use, or the only one that we recognize, then that becomes a barrier to connecting and communicating. You know, the, we avoid some people and places and, and events because we don't want to be accused of associating with them or with that or with those people, lest we catch someone else's sin or or we get contaminated by loose association with the wrong people. We begin to plug our ears when people introduce concepts and thoughts that challenge us in, in what we think or, or how we believe in our faith. And if we do associate with those that don't follow Christ, oftentimes we, we have a dose of spiritual hand sanitizer just in case. Because we definitely don't want to be influenced and have that rub off on us. See, today we're looking at what it means to, to be an incarnational church. To, we're looking at the incarnation of Christ when God took on human flesh and intentionally exposed himself to the liabilities and the limitations that affect us, humanity the very sin that, that Jesus came to save us from and, and the very life he connected us in him and his body to be connected to him and his kingdom. And today, perhaps we can be challenged, and next week we can be challenged to learn that an aspect of following Christ is a willingness to be exposed to the liabilities of others and do so with a purpose that they may learn to embrace and connect with Jesus because they have been embraced and connected by the body of Christ. Us, his church, the beloved, the bride, those that follow and believe and proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of, of God's word, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Whoop. Okay. Wrong. Um, 
I gave Justin the wrong slides for today. So we're going to go slideless. John chapter 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And without Him, one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all may come to believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came into what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory is of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This is he whom I have said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And no one has seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This has been the word of the Lord. And all of God's people said, thanks be to God. You may be seated. You see, God embraces and experiences his creation incarnationally. And this morning, as I stated, we're looking at the incarnation of Christ and how we can connect more and more both inside and outside the local church. And even our our best comprehension falls short to the mystery of the incarnation when the eternal took on temporal. How God takes on human flesh, embraced our limitations, embraced our liabilities, and And did so with ever compromising his holiness, his divinity, his perfectness, and his eternity, eternalness. See, Jesus did not take possession of the bottle uh, of of a body like a Halloween costume where Jesus was playing dress up during his ministry. God became human while still maintaining his godship. The temporal meets the eternal. Sin meets holiness and brokenness meets wholeness. This is the Christmas miracle in which we worship and praise every single year and recognize that God took flesh. God didn't have to do this in order to save humanity, but chose this course of action to expose himself and experience life with us, to show us how to fully live, how to fully love, because we don't know how to on our own. We're limited, we have liabilities. The best we have will always fall short. And it's through Christ that we find out what it truly means to be human. Love that embraces without regret. Love that loves those that are in need. See, God's love is incarnational. It's fleshy. It's messy. And it's holy. And when God takes on human flesh, this is something that is never seen before. Theologian Beth Jones, one of my favorite theologians, uh, shares about the incarnation in this way. 
Jesus is not the composite or some divinity, the sum of divinity plus humanity. And the incarnation is not a collision of a divine thing with a human thing. Jesus' humanity came into existence only because, only because God the Son came among us. That's why we have the incarnation. In verse 3, we notice that Jesus is associated with creation and with life itself, that you can't separate Jesus from life. You can't separate Jesus from creation. And here in John's Gospel, the logistics is beyond that of a biofunction, of breathing, of moving of experiencing physical movements in life. In John's writing, we see that life itself is more holistic. It doesn't divide it. It doesn't put it into boxes and separate it. It brings life together as a whole. And we need to remember that. It includes the whole person. It includes the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit that comes through Christ. And, and life through John, as John shares in Christ, that life is to be embraced and, and life is to be tested and tasted and seen and smell and pray. And all these combine together in this beautiful, fleshy, holy mess. The spiritual and the physical come as one. When we experience God and each other at a greater level because Jesus is the creator of, of life and the creator of this life that we have and the creator of all life that we see. And since it is everything is created by Jesus and through Jesus, then Jesus, through him, we have all that we need in this life. And not just to survive, but to thrive. Like, that's possible to thrive in this life. Which begs the question, when was the last time you felt like your life was thriving? That you didn't just wake up and try to just get through the day. Hoping bedtime comes and then going ahead and putting off that bedtime a little more. Because you don't want to have to redo this tomorrow. And wake up. And just survive another day. What if I told you that Scripture's clear that in Christ we can learn a new way, a better way, a connected way, that we no longer cease to just survive through the crumbs of what the world offers, but we can thrive in a life that's promised through the death and resurrection of Christ. You know, thriving, even when we embrace the, the, the tragedies and the challenges of life in which we all encounter, thrive in that. See, in Christ, we have the hope of life to, to thrive. And thriving means that we expose ourselves to our community as Jesus exposes himself to us. It means that we expose, to be exposed assumes this, this posture of humility, this posture of vulnerability which is part of thriving because we cease to insulate ourselves. We cease to keep ourselves separate of, and we embrace the fullness of life as Christ embraced the fullness of life and shows us how to thrive. And we learn to pour ourselves out into life. And I'll tell you what, Jesus 
is an investment that multiplies its return for those that are into finances. Whatever you put in in your faith in Christ, he will multiply it. That's the difference between living outside of Christ and living within him. See, <clears throat> this brings us to our, our second point for this morning, that God incarnate brings, him, brings light into the darkness. A life that thrives is a life that lives in the light. The only thing that grows in darkness is fear, sin, hate, and fungus. You know, and fungus is a mushroom. And, you know, I'm not talking about like living in the light, like taking magic mushrooms and pretending like you feel like you see the light, which is just an, a, a re, an illusion and it's a hallucination and, and we're fooling ourselves. But spiritually speaking, that's kind of what we do. We think, well, I'll just take a little bit of, of whatever and it'll make me just feel comfortable and good and, and I feel like I'm in the light when really I've just been living in the dark. See, verse 4 and 5 reveal the, a powerful metaphor that John's first readers, when they absorbed it, they understood what that meant and that metaphor of living in the light versus living in the dark. See, darkness in the first century was when people were most vulnerable to attack. They were most vulnerable to wild animals coming in. They were most vulnerable to being violated, to hostilities and threats, because they couldn't see. You know, I remember visiting Mercer Caverns with, with Shelly and the boys years and years and years ago. It was the first time I'd been in a cavern that I remember as an adult. It was up in the gold country, and, and halfway through the cave tour, which if you've taken a cave tour, is a spoiler alert, so plug your ears, they turn off all the lights. And you are thrust into complete darkness. You, can, you can't see your hand in front of your face, but there's something that's interesting, is that if you do this in front of your face, you can see your hand. Because your mind is playing a trick on you. Because it wants to see the light so badly. We are desperate for light. But there is none. And that darkness is heavy and it's thick and it's tangible. You can touch it because it's the complete absence of light. See, in our text, darkness is a place of fear, of death, of unknown. Where life ceases to thrive and, and survival comes possibly, but it's limited. Yet in the life of the light of Jesus's life, it overcomes the darkness. It overcomes our fear. It overcomes death. It overcomes unknown. So in the darkness, and even that darkness that we experience within our souls, that darkness has no place to abide, no place to tent, to dwell, to inhabit. It has no place to hang out think about that. If you're following Christ and his light's within you, there is no darkness within you except that which we try to keep the light out of. Because that darkness within you will overcome all those insecurities, all those fears, all that self-hate, and all those unknowns that keep us in a box, eking out each day, disconnected from God, disconnected from each other, living a sterile life, living a sterile, having a sterile spiritual experience. Because the light is the light of God incarnate. 
and darkness has no power over it. See, when we were in this Mercer cabin, they ended up lighting one single candle, just a little wax candle. And, and all of a sudden, that heaviness of, of isolation of the darkness evaporated and was dissipated and completely left. And the relief was palatable. It was nothing short of life-giving. We could see where we stood. We could see where the danger lay. And we could see the way out. Just as the light of Jesus shows us where we stand now, where the danger lay, and where we have a pathway out of surviving into thriving. And it all comes from standing in the light. It all comes from connecting in the light. How many of us have been in situations like being in that cavern where there's darkness, Unknown, fear, hostility, hate, death, all those things that grow in the dark. See, the difference is that to the original audience, the darkness and light represented a day-to-day reality. And for us, the darkness and light, because of the world we live in, this is an active choice. We either choose to live in the darkness and let the darkness creep into the edges of our life, Or as one of my friends say, let the darkness drift in, right? And as Christians, we let the light overcome the darkness. But that's a choice that we have to make, and that's the choice that we get to make in the mornings. When we wake up, it's a choice we make during the day, and it's a choice we make when we go to bed at night. You see, the the first century, those first readers that that John wrote to, those, those blossoming young Christians and those seeking who this Jesus is in this light, they could only experience the fullness of light as much as they stood in the light at that time. They didn't have electricity. And not only did they have to stand in the light, they learned that they had to share the light. That meant they had to share life in order to share the light. And by sharing life and light, they began to connect more and more with others, more and more with this common faith more and more with those that are thriving in life and in their connection with one another they began to learn a new way the way of jesus but it took connecting to god to one another and to sharing what we have freely because it was freely shared with us so wherever christ is revealed so there is life and where christ is revealed is his light, is his incarnational life, is the way of his ministry that overcomes darkness. And our part as Christ followers is to bring his light with us wherever we go, to share it, to connect it with it, to all people, because Jesus came for all people, that all people could have this opportunity to not just survive, to not just eke through through life, to not just live in darkness, but to be embraced by the light. And the cool thing is when you are embraced by the light, You connect with the light. And you want to tell everybody about it, that they don't have to live in darkness anymore. That's a choice. That's a choice to connect or a choice to isolate. See, in our text this morning, the the darkness that John writes about is this past tense darkness. And and when he refers to the light, he's referring to everything in the present tense. That means this light is ongoing and going and going and continuing, continuing to shine forever in eternity without ceasing. And where there's light, darkness does not exist. 
There is not an event or a circumstance in all of creation where the darkness overcomes the light. There is no event or circumstances, all of creation, where darkness has the victory, where darkness wins the day. It is always the light. Because at the end of the day, at the end of our time, the light of the light of Christ, of God in the flesh, the incarnation of God with us, puts an end to the darkness. It puts an end to death. It puts an end to fear. It puts an end to surviving, to eking out. It puts an end to the just trying to get through the day and not wanting to get into tomorrow mindset. And it's all because of Christ. Because he understands what we're going through and he wants to help us overcome that. We all have a little bit of darkness in our lives that, that the light needs to overcome. I've learned in life and the reality of it is there's, we need Jesus. If we're going to survive, I mean, if we're going to thrive, if out, if not, we're barely eking away in existence to what end? And that's something we need to ask ourselves. See in Christ, there's always hope. There's always life present. There's always thriving and it's always moving forward. Next week, we're going to continue to unpack what it means between the light and the darkness, what it means to connect with God and with each other. As we look at what it means to thrive in a life of Christ and what it calls, he calls us to live into his incarnation. You see, what the Spirit of God gives birth to his church, gives birth to his people, gives birth to us. And that comes from the incarnation, that we may be an incarnational people. Now remember, God's love is incarnational. It's fleshy, it's messy, and it's holy just like us. So our challenge next week, if you got your bulletins, it's in there. And it's going to be the challenge for the next two weeks. I really want us to just focus on this connecting. Who am I connecting with at Fresno First? Another reason, get on the connect crew. We need the connect crew. Signups are in the lobby. Who am I connecting with in the greater community? Meaning, who am I connecting with outside of our local church? Have we insulated ourselves so much that we're afraid to associate with people who aren't Christian? Do I influence non-believers with light or leave non-believers in the dark? How far am I willing to connect with others, to invite others, and to be present with others so that all may know the light of Christ? This is real rubber meets the road stuff that we all need to hear. And the thing is, we do it together. So would you please stand to receive a blessing? Put your hands out. May you be incarnational as you go throughout your week, embracing the cleanest and dirtiest spaces, being a light that shines and overcomes the dark, so that all may know Christ and his salvation. May we look for ways to intentionally connect with our sisters and brothers at Fresno First and intentionally connect with our community. You are sent in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.